ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Our topic today, Norman, is about something that you have quite a lot of lived experience of. Yes. I immodestly would call myself a gold medal champion napper. <laughs> uh, I've heard tell that in the uh, Sydney office you can sometimes be found on a Monday afternoon having an upright nap in your desk chair before we go on air for the health report. Absolutely. And on an aircraft, I've trained myself to go to sleep by the time the aircraft takes off. And during this podcast, I'll give you a hack for napping. I thought you were going to say you're going to be like somehow napping with half your brain as we record, almost like a a dolphin naps with half its brain. (laughs) You are listening to What's That Rash, the podcast answering the health questions everyone's asking. I'm Tegan Taylor coming to you today from Wurundjeri land. And I'm Dr. Norman Swan coming to you from Nipaluna, from the land of the Palawa people. And today's topic is napping. And our question today is from Esther. Sometimes I feel like when I go to sleep for a nap, I wake up feeling way worse, even if I'm really exhausted. But other times I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up and feel way better. So I'm just wondering if there is a perfect time that I could sleep that I would wake up and feel good or better. Yeah, to have a daytime nap is sort of rolling the dice on the rest of your day. You really don't know kind of what state you're going to wake up in. Sometimes you wake up feeling awesome. Like Asta says, I know from my, from my own experience, especially when I was a shift worker, sometimes you go to just have a lie down for 20 minutes and then wake up three hours later feeling like you didn't even know what year it was. So there's definitely times when adults, well, at least from my own experience, as a parent of young kids and then as a shift worker, napping was kind of like non-negotiable for a while. Yeah, look, we think that one reason for people having naps is something that's called sleep debt. You wake up without having had enough sleep the night before, whether you're on shift work or you're just not sleeping very well and you have that soporific feeling early afternoon and you feel you just want to shut your eyes. And some of us do. Uh, We do know and we have an explanation for why Aster feels really bad after a nap. It turns out that if you have a short nap, say 5 to 15 minutes, you wake up feeling refreshed, your mind is clear, and the evidence, at least from laboratory-style research and a review of the evidence, is you've got improved cognitive performance for between one and three hours after that nap. Okay, so 15 minutes, that's quite short. What happens if you're sleeping for longer than that? So when you sleep longer than 30 minutes, and these are healthy young people we're talking about here, you you tend to go into a deeper sleep. Technically, it's called non-REM or slow-wave sleep. And when you wake up after you've gone into that non-REM slow-wave sleep, you tend to be a bit groggy and you're not at all clear when you wake up. But once that passes you have a similar uplift in thinking and memory ability, which tends to last longer than the short nap. So that could last maybe even the rest of the day. So the longer sleep, you wake up feeling like crap, but after you've stopped feeling like crap, you actually are brighter and more alert, according to the research, for a longer period of time. Where did I've, I've heard with sort of the biohacking space that like the optimum nap time is 26 minutes that sort of between those two lengths of time that you just said, where does that kind of very specific number come from? So where that came from was a NASA study of pilots, so probably quite good research, actually. 
But what I'm much more interested in is rather than these relatively artificial situations, because NASA probably only has 10 pilots, <laughs> is what happens to the general population and the more natural situation of night and day, sleep and wake and napping. So the reason we're talking about these quite specific nap times is because sleep isn't just one state. You're in different sleep stages throughout the time that you're asleep and getting woken up from those really feels quite different. That's right. And the longer you nap for, the more likely you are to get into what's called slow wave sleep, where the electrical activity in your brain slows right down. And when you wake up from slow wave, it's actually quite hard to wake up from slow wave. You do feel a bit crap and groggy. Now, if anybody is listening to watch that rash is a napper, they'll know that they actually often drift into REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement sleep. Yeah, you must because you're having dreams and they're often really mundane. <laughs> It's sort of like really boring dreams. It's almost like you just think you're still awake. Um, my my dreams when I'm napping are truly weird. Oh. Uh, truly weird. Okay. Come on, um, I told you mine, sort of. Uh, and I, well, I, I can't remember one right now, but you know, it just it's like that movie. What was it called? Inception? Where they, they started, oh, yeah. <laughs> Norman's Dreams brought to you by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. That sounds really stressful. The thing I'm always really fascinated about with like sleep and brain and psychology research is how recent it is. So the discoverer of REM sleep, Nathaniel Kleitman, his work was sort of being done in about the 1950s and he discovered that the rapid eye movements that you sort of see people's like eyes moving when they sleep was sort of the signal that someone was dreaming. Like that's when that discovery was made. And he actually did some pretty full-on sleep uh, studies, including locking himself and a graduate student in a cave for more than a month with no light, no external kind of stimuli to see what our actual circadian clock was telling us if you didn't have like the sunrise and sunset. Is it recorded what the Human Resources Department of the University thought about this? <laughs> we were, <laughs> you do sort of wonder why some of this um, research isn't done so much anymore and then you kind of read that and go, yeah, I don't know if that would have gotten past an ethics panel these days. So is this a research that found that your natural cycle is 25 hours? Yes, yes, exactly. So when you don't have the sun sort of telling you that it's morning and the nighttime telling you that it's night, you, our actual sleep cycles aren't exactly 24 hours. And this... Kleitman also was one of the people that talked about the fact that sleep deprivation can be a form of torture. Exactly. And that's the problem, by the way, with sleep research, is that when they talk about sleep deprivation, it's waking up psychology students during the day uh, you know, <laughs> in an artificial sense. And of course, you know, they get crapped off by this and really pissed off and get angry and they, they don't perform very well or they get wired. It's not necessarily a real, uh, a real situation. So but so on that, sleep deprivation, like a big reason why people are napping in the day is because they don't have enough time for whatever reason to sleep for long enough at night. So yeah, if you're a shift worker or you've just, your lifestyle doesn't allow you to sleep for eight or so hours at night, you're sort of talking about five to 15 minute naps as being really powerful. That's great if you just need a little refresher, but that doesn't make up enough time if you're not getting a full night's sleep at night. No, the whole the whole issue of sleep debt is is really difficult, and so the sleep community say that experts all agree. You know, again, <laughs> our favorite favorite phrase that uh, sleep debt accumulates, and you can't just pay it off by sleeping long at the weekend. With shift workers, there is some evidence that short sleeps because you're doing shift work are partially compensated by longer naps. 
and that that's a good thing to do if you're on shift work. For the rest of us, what the nap does is it restores our sharpness, our thinking ability, our memory, and just gets us back on an even keel. But you shouldn't delude yourself that if sleep debt is a real phenomenon, um, that it's actually fixing up your sleep debt. It's not, it's not like uh, high-intensity interval training where three <laughs> minutes of exercise compensates for 45 minutes of moderate exercise. Sleep's not like that. It's just a fix for during the day to get you through, not necessarily compensating for sleep debt if it's a real phenomenon. So one of the best pieces of advice I got from a midwife when I was pregnant with my first child was that being able to nap was a life skill worth cultivating, and I found that that was true. So, Norman, I want to hear your gold medal tip for being such a good napper. Okay, here's the what's that rash hack for for napping. (laughs) So you get yourself into a comfortable position, which for me Mm -hmm. is your body at right angle. So I do this sitting up. Okay, so I, I don't like yes, that. I know this because I've I've heard people who work in the Sydney office of the ABC with you reporting that they have observed you doing this. Yeah, I think it's quite disconcerting when they come up because if it's in, at the ABC, I um, so I sit up in my chair, uh, everything's at right angles, and my feet are flat on the floor, and I put my hands. It sounds weird, but I put my hands under my thighs, so my hands don't my, my hands don't flap around, so everything's kind of stable. And then, but before that, I put headphones on and I tuned into a certain ABC radio station. And I'm not <laughs> going to tell you which one induces nap time. <laughs> but in fact, it's, a, a, it's a, for me, it's mindfulness. Because one of the things about falling asleep is, if you're not practiced at it, is you get annoyed by the noises around you. And they say, you know, well, shut up, I'm trying to get to sleep. What you do is you flip that. And you focus on the sounds around you. But on the plane, what I focus on is the safety announcement. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so I sit there with my eyes shut, force myself to listen to it. And I'm asleep within 30 seconds because it's so boring. God help you and, if you ever have an, a plane accident, Norman, and you don't know how to put on an oxygen mask because you've been falling asleep during the safety demonstration every single time. Um, or maybe well, it's embedded in your brain. Well, maybe it's just, yeah, practice and embedment. Um, and I wake up feeling great. That is a good tip. Can I share? I mean, not that you need any more tips from me because you're obviously like God-level napping. Uh, this mere model here, I'm a big fan of the nappuccino, which is yeah. where you have a little coffee. And little then you coffee? have a little Yeah, yeah, a little coffee and then you have a little nap. And I usually do it, not every day, obviously, but I'll often do it if, I'm, if I know I'm going to have a big night that night, like if I know I'm going to need to be switched on and, and sort of up and about that evening, yeah, mid-afternoon, have a coffee and then have a lie down for 20 minutes. And the 20-minute nap refresh combined with the caffeine kind of hitting my system, good to go. It's just like the cup of tea and a lie down. It's, I mean, yeah, but nappuccino sounds so much better. It does. It sounds great. All right. So Asta's question. I mean, I don't know how we can optimize this any more for you, Asta. You've got Norman Swan's gold-plated nap time technique of mindful listening. You've got my technique of caffeine. But um, coming back to like the research, Norman, just run us through the kind of key points. If somebody's sleeping long periods during the day, it may be a sign there's something else going on with them. For most of us who are otherwise healthy, regardless of age, napping is a pretty good thing to do. And if you want to wake up feeling fresh, have a shortish sleep, 
five to 15 minutes early in the afternoon. If you want, you've got something on in the evening and you want to be fresh for it, still have the sleep in the early afternoon, but make it a longer one. Have a sleep for 30 minutes to an hour. You'll feel pretty groggy when you wake up, but you will feel great in the evening. And could you just swipe on the way out because that'll be $200. <laughs> oh, there's a sting in the tail. Uh, but if you have a question for Norman and Tegan, it won't cost you anything. All you need to do is go to the ABC Health Instagram, that's at ABC Health, and leave us a voice note and we'll see if we can answer it for you. Or you can email your question to thatrash at abc.net.au. See you next week. See you then. The Duck is a podcast from ABC Science where we find out what the duck is going on in nature. I'm Dr Ann Jones and in this new season we look at everything from dancing parrots The classic song that Snowball was known to dance to was Everybody by the Backstreet Boys. To mozzies with taste in music. They exposed the mosquitoes to Skrillex. It took the mosquitoes longer to find the animal to feed on. What the Duck Nature. No holds barred. Now on the ABC Listener.